This is the Wizard's Nightshirt Podcast, episode 79, our movie review special. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Wizard's Nightshirt. This is episode number 79. I'm Will, and here with me is the backup singer and Kevin Corrigan's band of really old teenagers. It's Scott! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. (laughs) And the hairspray administrator for Evil Lens Mercenaries, it's Rebecca! You're gonna need more of a helmet look on your hair. It's very flammable. Watch out. (laughs) That's hairspray. Stay away from the portal. (laughs) At the Wizard's Nightshirt, we're reviewing He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and She-Ra, Princess of Power. Today, we're reviewing the Masters of the Universe movie, starring Dolph Lundgren, Courtney Cox, and Frank Langella. And this is the last official episode of our He-Man and She-Ra show. I'm a little sad. You know what? I'm so sad. Let me tell you how sad I am. I'm still coming over. (laughs) Oh, there he is. (laughs) Bring it full circle. This is how I feel, Will. That's how I feel. That's some some good moaning right there. (laughs) Moaning and wailing. It's also Halloween time again, in case anyone was wondering. Yeah, that's a nice that's a nice connection to our, our early episodes when Sad Frankenstein came out, <laughs> and also a hint at what we might talk about a little bit later. Rebecca saved him from a nice uh, thrift shop. I sure did, and now we, we had to re-break his arms to make him work, but I think he's happier for <laughs> it. Break my arms, say you love me again. <laughs> What? Sorry. I'm going to be doing this a lot. I think I need to just put it on the floor. Well, it's better than the creepy baby that comes out of the box. (laughs) I do have that out, too. That's in the kitchen. Well, it is our last episode, but Rebecca, should we worry? (laughs) We should not worry. As Bobby McFerrin once said, don't worry, be happy. Memorably in Will's favorite song. Um, We're not ready to return the power just yet. In the first half of today's show, we'll review the Masters of the Universe movie, but then in the second half, we'll discuss highlights from the He-Man and She-Ra filmation series and our podcast, and we'll share some news about what we're planning next. Friend time doesn't have to end. No. (laughs) Sweet. But now, let's hear more from Will about the Masters of the Universe movie. That's my favorite part. Again. The air date... Well, the release date for the movie was August 7th, 1987. And in this live-action film, He-Man and his fellow warriors arrive on Earth, where they recruit some Earth teens to help them stop Skeletor from conquering Eternia. Could you imagine seeing this in the theaters? Like, (laughs) and buying popcorn and everything, like, going through the whole steps? 
Well, let's talk about that. Yeah, that's, How a, that's amazing. A good... It would have been. <laughs> like, did you? Did you? Uh, I'm guessing you didn't get to see this when it came out. You were a li- We would have all been pretty small. Well, this was. But... Th- that's why He Man was a little awkward for our age because you know we grew up with it, but it was just in the air, so we didn't. We got it in syndication, but it might as well have been new to us. But to was Scott. It... To Scott's point, I mean, imagine you're a kid, you've been watching these series every day, and then you're going to hear there's a blockbuster movie. You might have heard that Courtney Cox is going to be in it, and you're excited, <laughs> or that detective that's in it. She was just the girl who had danced in the Bruce Springsteen video. And your detective was in every movie. I know, yeah, yeah. And, the, and you're begging your parents. It's all been building to this. Did you, did you, well, maybe we can at least answer, did you watch this when you were a kid, though, even on VHS? Uh, was I a kid? I was a little bit older, maybe in the uh, 90s sometime, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or or it was on, like, TNT or one of those, you know, like, on on Saturday afternoon. So, again, TBS. it was in, it was in the air, kind of, for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rebecca, yeah. did you, what, 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 um, what awareness did you have of this even existing? I didn't even really know that this movie was around until relatively recently, so, mm-hmm. you know. I was very aware and watched it all the time when I was a kid, and I would get all my constructs out, and I would build robots and watch it a million times. Did you have the... Seriously? Oh, yeah. Did you have it on VHS? Yeah. Did, this movie? Did it come yes. in a clamshell? I, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, this is one of the few... <laughs> this is one of the... was the heavy rotation at my house. That's hilarious. Loved it. Loved it. Did your sister like it? Um, did your sister like it, hate it to the point because you watch it so much? I think we had moved on to Superman by the time she was born. So by, by the time she... Well, by the time she was, you know play with age oh yeah she, yeah, was, okay. she was too little at this point yeah. to, to protest so anyway it was kind of interesting because i remember some key scenes but i seeing them seeing how they were actually rendered differently was pretty interesting so um just to give a little background about the film it's somewhat notorious now as a cult movie because of the quirky sci-fi treatment and all the behind the scenes production problems and we'll touch on some of that because it's really hilarious <laughs> but since it's already been pretty well covered we're mainly going to focus on characters and details that stood out stood out to us because um, that's sort of how we've gone through the filmation series as well so um if that sounds good why don't why don't we get into it um to cover uh, the most ground to keep things interesting. Rebecca, why don't you give us a quick rundown of what actually happened in the plot so we can focus on the characters. <clears throat> See, I love that you put this in the script because here there's a little bullet point. It says, Rebecca, quick plot review. <laughs> and I think you knew that was hilarious maybe because I, I announced to you, I was like, I'm going to watch this movie. I'm not going to take notes. I think it'll help us keep it breezy. <laughs> the person without the notes can probably do the best job. But I took like three notes and... I'll just give you one taste of it. Okay. okay. It's like less than it's like less than a quarter of the page of this notebook paper. And the only thing I wrote is Karg equals Lita Ford. That's all I wrote. <laughs> that's all like that's what I'm going with here when you tell me to recap this plot, which I definitely paid. So attention we'll definitely to. talk about Karg and Karg's haircut, <laughs> but other than that. And then also you know what? We'll just we'll just we'll just go through this. Because this is not integral to the plot. The only other thing I wrote down was Kevin used paper towels like someone who had never cleaned up a mess before. (laughs) In the scene where they lay waste to uh, Julie's house, Mm -hmm. where the evil attorneys come in, Kevin takes a roll of paper towels like he's about to clean up the kitchen before, and he grabs like eight to ten of them in a wad, and he starts making like 
a wistful circular motion on the counter like someone who's never cleaned up a mess before. And it's something that I really like seeing that in movies because it's like um, that episode of Roseanne where they have Joan Collins playing herself and she tries to make coffee on camera and you can tell that she's never made coffee before. I love that in movies and TV. Yeah, she starts pouring stuff into the wrong container. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's great. But anyway, those are my notes. So you're telling me, you're like, Rebecca, recap the plot. That's what I noticed. Should I I get us started and see if you want to take it from there? Okay, we'll we'll, (laughs) we'll try. I'm not going to get a single nail right. At the center of the universe, at the border between the light and the dark, stands Castle Grayskull. Okay, so the movie was based more on the early uh, comic books and just uh, ripping off like Star Wars and a little bit of Superman. So it's a little different, but basically the premise is Skeletor has taken over Castle Grayskull on Eternia, but most of the movie takes place on Earth because... um, Pretty quickly, He-Man and his friends, as they try to gather their resistance, they run into like a uh, uh, like a gnome dwarf guy named Gwildor, and he has this device called the Cosmic Key that can um, help them teleport and travel, which is how Skeletor in the Castle Grayskull, and he ends up teleporting them to Earth, where uh, He-Man and his friends meet some Earth teens, and the um, Earth teens and the He-Man friends work together to try to get the cosmic key working so they can get back to Eternia in time to stop Skeletor. Meanwhile, Skeletor is hunting for uh, the cosmic key so that um, He-Man and his friends can't stop him. So Skeletor comes to Earth too. Yes, and he has the sorceress imprisoned in a force field type of a thing where uh, the threat is as like this time deadline is looming, she will lose her powers and all the powers of Grayskull will then be able to go to Skeletor. Yeah, it's like a, a... Beetlejuice ghosts getting melty and losing their power kind of situation. Yes, and she's getting chronified as, yes. uh, as, yeah. as she is there yes. while they're having their hijinks on Earth. Yes. You know, pretty neatly, that's all it is. They've got to get back in time to where, you know, if they they got to get back to Earth so that they can then carry out the plan to stop Skeletor from stealing Sorceress's power. Mm-hmm. So how many cronuts do they have to do? Was it, was <laughs> there, were, there was lots of different uh, units of time they kept talking about. I, I uh, like that. I like Cronuts. <laughs> it's not Cronuts, though. Yeah, there was like Chromons. There was like Pitons or something. There was, yeah, there was a like, few of why those. Why do they keep saying it over and over again? Like <laughs> they were very no proud sense. of that. Yeah, very proud. <laughs> they yeah, they, they wanted to make sure you Eternia. didn't know what was going on. Yeah, yeah. In case you didn't know, this is a really cool thing. Once we get the key back, we'll be gone with the two Pitons. And and like I was saying, I think I think it'll be easiest to get into this movie by sort of doing a roll call of the characters. But one piece I did want to talk about that I think sort of integral to it to understand is like, can we talk very quickly about what this cosmic key is? So that we talk about it we have a frame of reference so it's basically a synthesizer right uh, no well, that, that's what that's what they call it that's what they call it on earth but then also they have clearly never set foot in like a midi lab before in their life <laughs> because a synthesizer uh, it, it can create things it didn't have a speaker on where was the speaker it didn't have a speaker what was the interface what by by what interface do we connect the cosmic key to keyboards well it looked like Wildor? it looked like there was like a um eighth inch guitar jack in it because he, he amped it up at one point yeah you know, i just get out that guitar cable shred on my cosmic key but it's basically Ooh, like weird. it's like a cylindrical mm-hmm. pylon looking thing that has a lot of jagged twirly edges mm-hmm. and it it plays musical notes kind of like a synthesizer type organ sound and if they 
play it in the right sequence and calibrate it in a certain way, you can open the portals to teleport to different places in space and time. Yes. It is working on the principle of frequencies in a fanciful way. Yes. It does not look like a synthesizer known to man. Yes, but they, we, they, play, it, <laughs> they play it a ton. Yes. One simply computes gravitonic tones for a specific destination, activates the energizer. And that's how Skeletor's troops get into the city and surprised us. Okay. Well, now that we've gotten that out of, out of the way, let's have some fun and get into the characters. Um, is, does it make sense to start with He-Man since it's called He-Man? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Um, it, it's worth mentioning also that there is in this film zero mention of Prince Adam. There is no right. there is no Prince Adam conundrum, so I didn't have to worry about any Tell Tila moments. Thank right. goodness, because we Tila was doing rough as it was. But anyway, um, yeah, there is no Prince Adam, and uh, we also, you know, notably, I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast has watched this movie, mm-hmm. but you know, notably also, Orko is missing. Mm-hmm. And um, that we, was, we get Gwildor instead, because I guess nobody even wanted to pretend they could figure out how to make a floating puppet. Like, they're like, you know, like we can't even they ran, do this. They ran out of budget for like, that. They ran out of fishing line budget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like, that, just put a cloth on a fishing line. They're like, no, no, <laughs> no. no. What, if we get, what if we get Dolph a puppet and we just never film below his chest? <laughs> It's just his arm up his up the puppet. He man watches this magic trick. Sounds just like Orko. See, I, I would have loved to see like a master blaster rig for like Dolph Lundgren, and then like you know like Orko like like, like Luke like, wearing it. Yoda. Yeah. He could have yeah. done. They could have done a Jim Henson with him. They really that could have. That would have been good. That would have been good. Always someone like on. It would be on. There's be a, like a, a little. Somebody on Dolph Lundgren's back doing the puppet up and yeah, up, up yeah. above. Yeah, Frank Oz could have done us a Oh, yeah. Puppeteers have suffered way worse fates than that. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. They could have done that. They should have done that. What, like you were saying, um, so this was this was more based on the comic, which is when uh, the, the director was interested in it, in the idea originally. So uh, they don't have the Prince, Prince Adam thing there. But it's, it's Dolph Lundgren. It's Dolph Lundgren. And uh, the, the unusual thing about the He-Man character to me was they spent no time establishing he-man's character i feel like we never really got to know him um he didn't really have a character he he didn't really have that much to do to do um but he would i mean they, they gave you the intro the the 10 second intro about telling you that <laughs> yes. they're battling for the power of the universe the masters of the universe they're so, like run with it so Just- they're like well i mean you know who the bad guy is so I mean, here's a good guy. <laughs> that, and I think, I think it was supposed to be enough. I mean, he looked great, I will say. I think he was a really good He-Man. I mean... I, I'm trying to <clears throat> think of a description for Dolph Lundgren on screen that doesn't sound like I'm being shady. Because he has a very easygoing, not trying very hard thing going on in his acting. This is not, I'm, I'm trying to say this, like I, I'm not being rude about it. Either. It's not like an intensity or an, uh, an epicness to it. He, yeah, he's he just, very easygoing. Yeah, he seems very like, very normal and natural. Yeah, he showed up to work. He's he, going to say his lines. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, he's I'm, I'm He-Man. Why should, going on. why should I be surprised? I really, you know. I, Do you feel like it's his voice? That that does it. For was him? it a? Well, it's definitely I, the choices he makes and how he delivers his lines. Okay, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see. That. I, so, yeah, parts of the movie, I'm like, 
is he even trying? Is this just like what he does? Like, it's just weird. <laughs> He's very casual. Now, why are you so important to Skeletor? I don't know. I have, it's, it's hard not to be, um, just have general fond feelings of Dolph Lundgren just yeah. for 80s reasons. Because, like, of course. And I only recently learned, where have I been? But I only recently learned that he and Grace Jones dated in the 80s. I'm like, what? And there were so many good pictures. That's like the world's power couple. Are yeah. you kidding me? Like, come on. I did not know that. They, they I saw looked a picture incredible. of them on Instagram, and they're wearing, like, leather, like, like, like... Just basically leather strap outfits, and they both just look amazing, and it's hilarious. Can you think of a better 80s power couple? I cannot. I can't. So anyway, I just have fond feelings for Dolph Lundgren, and then sometimes Will likes to go on his Twitter and then just read me his tweets <laughs> in the voice that he imagines Dolph Lundgren would have, and he's usually just talking about really nice, normal stuff, and... Going on the boat with his beautiful daughter. Yeah, Greta. he's always talking about his beautiful daughter. <laughs> his beautiful I went to daughter. the store and I bought some milk. Yeah, his beautiful daughter Greta goes to the store. He Dolph seems like Lundgren, a great guy. Living his life. Yeah. It's hard not to be like, I just, it's my overall just feeling about He-Man the movie. You. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. oh good, that's He-Man. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's and, good. I, I mean, like him. And it, 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 we'll talk about this in a minute too, but you remember, I mean, he was... He was a, a big deal. He was just coming off of Rocky, and he had, he was doing um the super the Superman quest for peace. He was uh was a nuclear man, and he was he was a big deal. What Superman was that? The four four. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh my lord! He was in Superman. I didn't know that. <laughs> this is gonna be. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. A thing in our podcast that we could never remember what happens in any Superman. In which movie. Superman? <laughs> and then everyone would just be like, "Oh, how do you not know? We just don't." Okay. okay. We're never gonna learn. It's obvious now. So there wasn't a lot of drama with He Man. He looked great. He was very Dolph Lundgren. I'm sure we'll talk more about He Man in the context of the other characters and things that happen. So before we go from He Man, can we talk about Skeletor? Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I didn't mind his delivery. Costume change wasn't the best. You didn't like the big gold. I, I did like it, but I golden skeleton. I wanted him to be like I wanted it to be purple and like make it like more towards like what he looks like in the comics and everything else. I mean, they 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 gave they gave him a little bit of yellow when he was getting shocked. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that that, that that's you know, a pretty cool nod or whatever, you know, and make them actually, like, turn yellow. But then they just, like, made it, like, I don't know. And then they didn't, he didn't, wasn't a skull face anymore when he had, like, the golden thing. It was, it was just weird. Change. He was missing his uh, signature color palette. That, you know, that that was something I missed. Because he did look a little desaturated, you know, on screen. And he's a lot more sinister than Skeletor in the cartoon, which of course is fine. I mean, this is a film with human beings. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't exactly play it like Alan Oppenheimer just being delighted with himself. Um, As much as I love that, you Uh know. Um, Yeah, it it was was interesting. When I was watching this movie, again, never having seen it, for about the first 15 minutes of it, I was like, this, every time somebody came on the screen, I was like, what? And then after about 15 minutes, I just relaxed, like when you freeze to death. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm long for the ride. This is great. And I just, I kind of gradually got used to it, I guess. Oh, I get it. And I think, but and it I, was kind of jarring. It helped me that even though he was more sinister, I felt like he was, Frank Langella was totally invested in the role. Yeah. Like he seemed um, like he was really, and he has said as much, he was really enjoying it and he was being, uh, campy and, and 
in the at least he was being overwrought you know as skeletor you know he he wasn't he wasn't too cool for it um and he 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 did he was one of the better performances i would say i think he did a, <laughs> yes. he did a really good job with his lines yeah oh i i, I agree him his act his acting was i thought was you know pretty spot on about what mm-hmm. what i would assume skeletor would be I, I just the, the just the costume part of it. Yeah, I, I, like, I do I, wish the, they could have the, the rubber mask. I just wanted him to wear like just have a skull face, like a like a skull helmet, uh-huh. something. It was like, a little melty waxy, yeah. Yeah, well, like and a like like or like paint his eyes black so that you can't like it would it would mm-hmm. be his eyes back there, but then it would like sink sink down. I don't know. There's something about it. Like everything was just one color. It was just weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, the robe read a little Halloween store too. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, I, I really wish that they would have been able to give him a little bit uh, more flashy look to go with. But he he was but, appropriately scary. Oh, yeah, but, he but did he a good did, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it was still very enjoyable. It's just funny. Did you guys watch after the credits? Uh, <laughs> y- y- yes, we're poking around because I didn't see it the first time. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Yeah, but you, I, something you want to add about that? No, I it just after the credits, he's like, "I'll be back," mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and I was like, "And he never was." Maybe one day, one day. I'll be back. How about could we talk about Evil Lynn? So, what's the actor's name? I feel terrible. Meg Foster. Meg Foster. Was she in thing? Did, I didn't IMDb really. her. She did some, I think she was in They Live and... Um, she was in a couple. Speak! We have sealed the gates to the city. The castle is secure. And we are closing in on the Fenorian as we speak. Yes, yes. He continues to lead the resistance. So what I loved about Meg Foster as Eva Lynn is that she did just have this archetypal 80s face like the 80s dynasty glam and they did a, like I loved her makeup too you know so I, I saw her eyeshadow was like oh yeah like they you know like they got that right um, she was actually a real highlight of the movie I, I feel like she uh, carried her scenes she carried them pretty well I was gonna say <gasps> I, I think she might have been the best part of the movie I think she looked a lot like her and there were times where I thought she really did her voice almost like the cartoon I thought I thought she did a, did an excellent job with that the little worm has another key. I wouldn't have even minded not showing Skeletor as much and having her more like and have her lead, you know, lead mm-hmm. the army and stuff like that, and actually, like, she, uh, yeah, she did a fantastic job. Yeah, she was really fun, um, and I, I do like that they, you know, I understand why costume budgets being what they were, they couldn't really get her like custom garb. Like, you know, you think about a, a superhero movie like you know today, and you hear that they made like you know like you you pour a custom silicone mold for Gal Gadot's. Wonder Woman boots, for example. Like, everyone has these beautifully, exquisitely crafted costumes, and that wasn't necessarily the case for a lot of pictures back then. And I feel that they, they did the best that they could, you know, with, like, the brocade. You know, like, they did give her something for the look that was a little uh, regal and sci-fi, I guess, with what were their limited resources. Well, it's fun, fun you did bring that up because that was uh, one of the... Uh, pieces of trivia I was going to mention about her costume was that it she said it weighed 45 pounds wow and just that, heavy fabric I guess and she said that it was um very difficult and changed sort of how she um carried herself because she 
sort of made her walk more slinky the way she described it because she had to like carry so much on her mantle you mm-hmm. know and um and actually she said there was like bruising around like her upper thigh and stuff just from like the the weight of the whole thing but so i there were a lot of costume challenges in the movie and <laughs> she she seemed fun. very comfortable and confident so she did a great job and those are her real eyes those are not contacts yeah i did i, I dug her watery blue eyes mm-hmm. it was a good look so we like her. Oh, yeah, I like her a lot. So she was in charge of the mercenaries. And when we think about this movie, the mercenaries might be one of the first things you think about. Have you assembled the mercenaries? Here and awaiting your command. I have selected your finest warriors. So this is supposed to be like Skeletor and Evil Lynn's henchmen, but they aren't the ones you would recognize from the cartoon, at least... 75% of them. Correct, yes. Yeah, well, it's 50% of them. I, what, what's the snake guy's name? Oh, Sarod. Sarod, yeah, yeah. I, was, I mean, it seems that was a nod to the... Snake men yeah. guys. Maybe so, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, but it yeah. It was so familiar-ish. The, the actual names, mm-hmm. yeah. So let's go down. So this right, was sorry. a wonderful... This was, um, you know, this is still in that unsettling first, like, 15 minutes or so of the film when you're just like... Eh, is this what I'm watching? Like, is this happening before my eyes right now? I'm very like, ah. And uh, when they do a little evil warrior roll call, that was my one of my favorite moments because they do, first of all, okay, so let, we, we are kind of trying to talk about it by character a bit, but it's hard not to mention the plot. It's, you know, some without, mm-hmm. you know, hit, hitting it beat by beat, like relentlessly and reliving this hour and 45 <laughs> minute movie. But, um... So, it was long. So a key component of the film, in the Earth Children, which we'll talk about them more, but uh, the, the, the film dealt with um, music as a backdrop. Mm-hmm. And so the Earth boy, Kevin, he was in a band, and they were about to play a gig. So he had a rockin' 80s teen band. They were going to play a gig, and it was going to be just like in, you know, Back to the Future, you know, I assume. It was going to be great, and all the teens were going to be dancing, etc. And so you already have this band on your mind, or at least I did. Right when they cut back to the Evil Warriors, you're thinking about Kevin's band, but then they introduce the Evil Warriors like they're in their own band. You know? It's <laughs> they like, kind of do you that. You know, because you can just imagine, like, it's like, and now, on guitar, Karg! And I'm like, Karg has here, like, Lita Ford. I'm sitting here thinking about all the great 80s bands. I'm like, God, this band's going to be awesome! He must go through, like, a can of Aquanet every day. Every day. So Karg is, like, a sort of gremlin goblin-looking type. Okay. And it had the big, the big bump it hairdo. Oh yeah. Like, like you yeah. said, I, I did enjoy him the best. I think he was the best. He was definitely the best. Karg is our, Karg is our unsung hero. But he didn't really do film. too much. I wanted him to be stabby. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm glad to hear that Rebecca's impressed with Karg now because when Karg first appeared on the screen, I have in my notes that she screamed out, "Who's Mammal?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he did seem like a mammal. Yeah. And what? Really? I, I think I may have been talking about sorceress. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. At, at one point, at one point, Carr was looking for clues in, in the Earth Girl Julie's house and found a newspaper. 
And I thought, is Karg about to read this Earth newspaper? <laughs> Look, you don't know Karg. Karg has a very rich life. Oh, it looks of- like spaghetti dinner <laughs> at the VFW tonight. Yeah, you don't know Karg's life, okay? Karg has a very rich life outside of being a mercenary. <laughs> so, like, there's Karg. And if they were playing instruments, Karg is definitely, like, the lead guitar. Like, mm-hmm. Karg is going to shred on some solos, okay? So, next to the evil warriors, Blade. <laughs> and Blade is bald and has hand knives. He also has an ear thing going on. And with, an ear with thing blades going on. coming off. Yeah, of it's it. kind of like the flashes, uh, little fenders on his. Ears. I really want him to like take them out and like you know like use them as knives or something. And and so Blade was purely humanoid, unlike the others who were all monsters. And uh, it was probably just because the guy who played Blade was like, yeah, I'm not putting that on my face. Actually, that's exactly what happened. happened? (laughs) He was supposed to, he was supposed to sort of have uh, like alien skin and stuff. And it was really heavy. And even the costume designer wrote like a personal note to him saying, I'm concerned about your health with this costume. Like you're going to suffocate and die. And and so um, they decided he could do do better with that. He also um, trained Dolph for the sword fights. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's, that's. That's Blade. So he that's was, Blade. And if Blade were in the band, what? He's he's laying down some bass? What, yeah, what's Blade yeah. doing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go with that. Okay. Why not? He's yeah. either that or keyboard. Could, he, could, he could be. He could be. The keyboard to rival Kevin Corrigan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then we've got... What's the snake one called? Saurod. Saurod. Saurod looks great. Saurod was sort of Star Wars-y. This is sort of like the Star Wars... Uh, Darth Vader interviewing the bounty hunter moment. He reminded me of one of those guys, but he's got like this, he's got like a little, uh, well, it's like a serpent head and he's got like a little snake neck that can kind of like in, inflate and stuff. Uh, I didn't see that. It's, 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 it's kind of subtle. The actor oh, okay. had like a little thing he could blow into and it'd puff out a little bit. Okay. All right. Yeah, I feel like that kind of character uh, detail was somewhat missed in all the <laughs> ridiculous action. Yeah. <laughs> but on Kedar, Sara. And finally, on drums, <laughs> The Beast Man. The Beast Man, yes. <laughs> not, not just Beast Man, just The Beast Man. Oh, The Beast Man did look a lot like Cartoon Beast Man. He did pretty good. They were like, yeah. I, like, They're like, like, we can swing Beast we Man. We can do Beast Man. We can do Beast Man. Like, hold still, I'm going to glue all this hair to your face. We can do. <laughs> We've been working on it. We have Harry and the Andersons technology. Yeah. We think that we can pull off the Beast Man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of wanted him to. I kind of wanted him to at one point kind of like mentally talk to an animal or like something to make. There them wasn't attack. a lot of beasting happening. Yeah. He just he just he was just all out. Yeah. I mean, they're like they're like we're gonna do an all frontal assault. And he's like I'm here. Am I wrong? At what point did I see? Did Julie the Earth Girl throw bleach in Beast Man's face at the uh, dance? I, I don't know. She threw something like chemical in his eyes. I was like, "Dang, Julie, that's rough." <laughs> might be a henchman. Yeah. I don't remember. It was it in the janitor yeah. closet. Oh, okay. could have been. The janitor did get hurt, so yeah. she would have been near, you know, janitor yeah. supplies. Yeah. So okay. A curious quartet. He-Man has slipped away from me. I want him back. This must happen before moonrise. Yes, so this team of four, led by Evelyn now, Mm -hmm. uh, they they have to go to Earth where they have successfully pinged 
the uh, location of this cosmic key where our Eternian heroes have been zooped away. That's because um, the teens found the cosmic key just laying around somewhere. In the cemetery. And <laughs> Julie's parents are tragically dead. I just want you all to know that. We're going to fit in as many references to that as possible throughout the movie. It's a plane crash. Those things just happen. They well, got yeah, a plane we, crash, double well, plane crash. Very tragic. <laughs> very sad. Well, they keep Kevin and Kevin and Julie keep playing the cosmic key for fun. Yeah, because teens do which that. Which is horrifying because every time they do it, Skeletor can triangulate their position. And then open a portal. Right. As and they do. So they keep sending the henchmen after them. Yes, and the henchmen are fantastic. I, yeah. I, I did enjoy them quite a lot, but mostly because I was imagining they were in a band. And that their band, I was here's what I was hoping would happen, okay? So we talked about Kevin's band having... Okay, I'm just going to do a little bit of emotional setup here, right? Julie the Earth Girl has just tragically lost her parents a number of, let's say, months ago. I don't know. And she is ready to pack up and move and start a new life in New Jersey because it's just too hard to be, you know, here around all the memories and then their house and so forth. And she's an orphan, okay? But she's got to leave her boyfriend, Kevin... And Kevin doesn't want them to break up. But then, what's he going to do? She's got to follow her heart, right? Kevin's got a band. And so, this is where she is going to in the beginning of the film. They have to go to a sound check for Kevin's band. So, this is the life that she's going to have. Going to Kevin's band's gigs. Okay. Briefly, that's kind of like where we are here when it starts. Oh, great. You can make my sound check, right? Yeah. Yes, I'll make your sound check. <laughs> All right. And um, much is much hay is made of musical abilities in the in the film because as as we see in the end, it is Kevin's musical ability that allows them to uh, fix the broken cosmic key, right, and get back to Eternia. I was hoping that there was going to be like a battle of the bands between Kevin's band and then the evil warriors. <laughs> <laughs> I said all that to say that's what I wish would happen. But anyway, alas, that was not to be. But then. <laughs> Gorm! Well, on the other side of the fence, uh, we have more good guys. I want to talk about Man at Arms. You know what? I liked him. I was gonna say. I was gonna say he needed to be more hungry. He was a. He was a little. It was kind of like parallel universe version of him in some ways. But they. He really got the feel right. Like when he came on the screen, I had warm feelings about him. So there was something about his presence that really hit the right note. He was. He was really hitting the dad vibes. Yeah. Or your he friend. Was. Your friend dad vibes. Yeah. Your friend's yeah. dad. There's your, your friend's dad is hanging around. Here he is. Seeing the real life version of him. He looked to me like one of the good boyfriends from Golden Girls. Like he could have been who was Rose's boy for long time boyfriend? Miles? Yeah, he kinda had a Miles vibe to me. Okay, yeah. I see that. <laughs> I see that a little bit. Also, we know how Duncan talks on the cartoon, but the, the casting for him cracked me up because it seemed like they did some local casting and he had like a very like New England, like or old law and order guy kind of accent. And he was like Skeletor's crack troops. troops. <laughs> and it was kind of funny. <laughs> he, he, he also had a great line. He said something like, uh, 
and a half a Gromon, we're not gonna have a sorceress to go home to. <laughs> and that this means, is wicked hot, man. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed what he would just talk like that. Do so you, you think in the casting they're like, okay, say the word robot? <laughs> He's like robots, robots, and you're like, you're hired. Yeah, I did. I really did enjoy him. He was, yeah. It it was a good. It was a good Duncan. I I I, I appreciate his take. And on, they did the Duncan. they did a little helmet for him, and he had the little little visor. His his costume even looked pretty good. His he, costume. He was a did little skinny, good. but he was great. Yeah, I mean, like obviously, you know, on Eternia, like Duncan is just as beefy as He Man, right? Much. <laughs> right. He just uses his muscles sensibly. Right. <laughs> I use them for calisthenics, and that's all. <laughs> Listen to me, boy. And half a chroma. We're not going to have a sorceress to go home to. So if you know how to do something with that thing, then you do it. So he was, he was great. We like him. Yeah, and, I did like and, him. And his daughter, Tila, is also in the, in the uh, okay. resistance here. Tila joins us. I, she, she's, she struggled a little bit. I was a little disappointed. <laughs> did, really? You, didn't, you I liked, thought, you liked, I liked Tila? Her, yeah. I okay. thought she wasn't bad. Okay. Why was she struggling? <laughs> First of all, I guess... She, and, then, and again, I don't. Do you know anything about the actor? Mm-hmm. I feel bad. I should. Look She's it married up. to Scott Bakula. She's married to Scott Bakula now, or like was then. I'm pretty we sure now. We don't even know. Do we need to know? I'm pretty sure now. Yeah, she's married to Scott Bakula. Well, good for her. And she I, she went to Quantum Leap and and then went to use the magic key and found him. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. I'm glad that Scott Bakula and Tila are married. <laughs> 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 Mostly, I feel. <clears throat> They cast her for 80s face because she had a very, very 80s face. Like, she just had the style that was really like the 80s time. actress, yeah. Yeah, the 80s actress. She had the 80s brow, like the, um, you know, the thick sort of Brooke Shields brow, but the same brown hair. That Like, she really had, like, you could tell that she had been cast for just appearance, which is not to say, like, they cast her because she was foxy. Like, no, I'm just saying, like, she had a very 80s actress kind of a face, which is nothing wrong with that. But they like, like her look. But, like, there wasn't, face. there wasn't anything about her that seemed like she could have come from another planet, which is also fine. But then also they didn't give her a costume right. that was any good. It, like, so her costume bore no resemblance to Tila's costume in the, in the cartoon, which is fine because you can't really be running around pantsless all the time. Like that's, that's rough unless you're Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> but he was like, but, I'm, well, I'm hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a four underwear. <laughs> We were this, yeah. No, uh, they, yeah, I, I, I mean, they, 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 they made uh, man arms and her costume look similar. They did look similar. They were sort of a similar gray kind of khaki yeah. color. I just, I wish they would have given her something a little more tactical and flashy looking though, because I just, I just, she really didn't, she didn't sparkle for me. Well, that's what the thing we like about Taylor from the cartoon is she has some spark and she's got such like a positive impulsiveness you know and and you just don't you'll see the firecracker well they and they, and it's probably one of the costumes that has brought out like a, a you know white high high-waisted <laughs> she's like high-waisted yeah. bathing suit and she's like that's not happening she's like that's a hard pass for me like, okay fine here put on this jumpsuit her, her costume in the movie looked like um like solid snake from metal gear solid it was just sort of like a yeah and like, i mean i do appreciate they they Clearly, we're thinking, well, you know, they're military people. They're not going to be dressed in, like, something true, super true. flashy. Like, however, I just, she she was already a little, she, 
She, she wasn't a she wasn't the brightest diamond. Like, but like that's a, okay. sna- a snake collar or something. Something yeah, little, like just yeah, especially if it know? was based on the comic. Yeah, that would have yeah. been cool. Yeah, just to give it a little bit. Well, uh, if we want to talk about personality, let's talk about Gwildor. Hi, I am Gwildor of Thedor, locksmith and inventor. Uh, okay, so Gwildor is who we get instead of Orko. Yeah, he's who is the man behind the mask? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, it's Billy Barty. Oh, okay. And, oh, okay. Um, yeah, there we go. He was I, 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 he did a lot of acting stuff. And also, I think he founded. Um, I should get this right, but I think it's like the Society. Uh, for little people okay uh, he was like a big um um advocate for for little people and um he was uh he's he did a great job i mean he was i mean i think you might say the character was sort of uh the the quote-unquote annoying character in the movie or whatever but he served like orco's purpose and he did a really good job he really sold those lines yeah, really he, well he was pretty likable especially considering it was so much to swallow and you're like a new guy uh mm-hmm. he's got a thing is a whole thing about him so he was uh. like the locksmith and he made the cosmic key and um he was always tinkering on it and making gadgets for them uh on their on their it, adventure in the movie I will say there was a great scene where they run into a cow on Earth and don't know what it is, and he keeps trying to communicate with the cow and going, moo, moo. And then eventually, he on screen says, come on, Gwildor, we have to go. And then he lifts the cow's ear and goes, moo, and then leaves. <laughs> it was like the best part of the movie. <laughs> that was pretty cute. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, so I liked Gwildor. It, it, you know, it's a hard sell if you're like, here is a new cutesy character. You're like, uh, but yeah, no, he it was charming. It, it was. If if you watch the other '80s movies, I mean, it's comparable. Oh yeah, he's comparable to other '80s movies. Yeah, absolutely. Like, as yeah. the as the comic relief type. Yeah, yeah. I'm going. I'm going. Oh. But but yes, likable. <laughs> and here's what I was wondering: Did you? <laughs> okay, did you hear? They just really briefly said this in one scene near the beginning, where they're like, "I don't know how Skeletor was able to get the cosmic key and get into." Castle Grayskull, and he says something to the effect of, like, you know, we had a defector, or we had someone on the inside, like, someone betrayed us from the inside. He said something like that, and I'm like, what if it was Orko, and they just don't talk about him anymore? They're like, Orko is oh, dead Oh, what us. a great story. <laughs> it was Orko, that's why he's not in the movie. That's not what happened. But. Oh, maybe he did it in exchange for a way to get back to Trala or something like that. We'll give him the coordinates to Trala he can use on the cosmic key if he does that for him or something. Right. Oh, that'd be good. Except for he can just make a pyramid toy box and do that all the time <laughs> by accident. Well, when he does it, he just squirts water. <laughs> all right, can we finally talk about our teens a little bit more? Rebecca gave us a little background on them, but we've got Julie the Earth Girl. This is Courtney Cox. Yes. And then we've got Kevin Corrigan, her boyfriend. Now, one of the things I want to exp- uh, focus on a little bit is, like Rebecca was saying, she wants to get out of this town. I think it's like close to graduation. She's about to turn 18 or something. She works at like a country chicken restaurant where they got like these Western costumes. And she's talking about how, oh, I got to go on my last date with Kevin. And it's weird. It's like, why, why are you making it all like weird and maudlin this is not a good idea for a last date and then when she and gets also in the, she makes him like take her take her on a ride like it's like hey kevin drive me around yeah but <laughs> but but where do they want to go so on our last date can we go to the cemetery it's like <laughs> what kevin i'd like to go to the cemetery to say goodbye to my parents yeah sure here's yeah. a cold bucket of ribs 
and we're gonna go to the cemetery. Yeah, yeah. That, Julie's maybe not a great date. Yeah, this it, it was it was terrible. So she wants to visit her her uh, fa- her family that died. As like this is this is not going well. This date, this is not good. Well, it's not very romantic for a last date. And I do love saddling her with this tremendous responsibility. And like, she's like, I'm going to miss graduation. It's like, if you're not going to go to graduation, maybe you're not old enough. Like, like, do you know how to sell a house? Like, do you have a lawyer, Julie? <laughs> yeah. Best thing for me to do right now is to get 3,000 miles away from Kevin, my house, this town and everything, and just start out fresh. Have you even gone through probate yet? I'm, I'm concerned that you don't really know your responsibilities yet, Julie. I mean, she look like she was 28 so <laughs> but it was just the style just the style of the time so they they a, most of the movie is on earth and we spent a lot of time with the teen actors and if you didn't know what the movie was about it does not look like a he-man movie <laughs> no. when you're focusing on them i was like it's like well this is, might be an interesting movie just to see about julie's fresh start it's not he-man but it's kind of interesting <laughs> right except she's not going to get a fresh start because now because they go through this whole ordeal with the cosmic key and kevin being the best keyboard player in the universe <laughs> now julie's life is going to be like Oh, yeah, I can't wait to go to your gig again at the same bar in our small town in Texas. Oh, do you think he, like, do you think he tries to, like, say he plays the Cosmic Keys? (laughs) No, he does. Well, he was trying to. He was trying to use it as an instrument. Dr. Cosmic Keys. So so that's Julie. Uh, Kevin... Uh, her boyfriend, uh, we've been talking about, he has a band. He's a keyboard player in his band, and he's the one that finds this cosmic key, and he's always, like, taking it to his friend's music shop to get him to check it out and see what it does. And uh, he keeps tootling with it, and he thinks that he can hear the notes and then play them back. It's like, yeah, dummy, everybody can do that. This is not like, this is not <laughs> making you an amazing musician. Like, just hear them and try things on the keyboard. Yeah, they did have Wh- a little... Wildor was impressed. Yeah, I know. Oh, like, and Gwildor, music, y'all are behind. The he's music like, on your like, planet he, sucks. He 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 made a he made a pink Cadillac come out of come out of the grave, but you know he's like he's like you you can listen and play back like five notes. You're good. You're the best ever. It was like okay, Gwildor, I'm gonna put on this Emerson Lake and Palmer eight track into this tape deck here, and you, I'm about to blow your mind. Like, just listen to this, okay? Like, listen to this. This song's called Roundabout by Yes. <laughs> That Gwildor, would make I'm his a, brain explode. I'm going to blow your mind, Gwildor. You think Kevin's good. Like, like, oh my God. Gwildor, he can't handle it. It's too good. <laughs> but Kevin, again, okay, again, in an in a 80s kid in a movie way, he was pretty inoffensive. But as a plot device of like, we, we have uh, Julie's co-worker at the, at the chicken bucket restaurant being like, Julie, you can't, you simply can't break up with Kevin. And then we meet Kevin. I'm like, can't you? Yeah, he's all right. I mean, <laughs> he's fine. I I just didn't like throughout the whole entire movie. I wanted, I wanted to feel more for them together. Yeah, I did not. But like their interactions, like even when he's like, I love you, and it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like you do. Like, <laughs> yeah, they did not like, have a lot like, of chemistry. There's not, there's not a lot going on there. Yeah, like, are you sure, Kevin? Yeah, they they did not seem like they were. That was not a couple that fell in love on set, I guess we could say. (laughs) That did not happen. I was also going to add that we spend so much time with them. When you just look at that, if you walked in the room while this was going... It looks like this movie has like an 80s horror movie aesthetic. It almost reminded me of like um, the first... um, 
Gremlins or Friday the Thirteenth is what yeah, I kept I thinking about when I saw them. I can see the Gremlins. It was, yeah. it was it was odd. It was kind of kind of funny. I really wanted there. I wanted this to be an '80s teen movie with the highlight of it is the dance at the gym and that's when the attorneys come through and that's where they battle because i kept thinking that kevin's band was going to be Chekhov's gun on the mantle uh-huh. that had to fire before the show oh that'd be like, great they had to yes. they had to stand in for the cosmic key like yes like i thought kevin was going to get his band on the phone and it was going to be like oh look the kids are coming to the gym for the dance and then like here comes beast man and skeletor and the kids are there <laughs> like trying to have a, a, a bop an 80s party they all have sunglasses on. This would have been a great scene. I wanted to see Kevin's band. Well, it'd be like uh, the Ninja Turtles movie, you know, and like He Man and Fred could come in and they've got like, oh, what are those awesome rad dance moves? You'll do it like this. Yeah. I want to see that. Do you want to early power? (laughs) (laughs) And they would all go, He Man. Amen. H e m a n e power. Yes, the no power e-man. man. <laughs> I would want to see this dance. <laughs> I want to see this video. Oh, the He-Man dance. I would have loved it. <laughs> it would I have feel been like just like a lot of flexing and like like sword. Oh, and yes. that thing, and that thing when you run and sort of stutter stop that they kept <laughs> oh, doing in the cartoon. There's yeah. a lot of tumbling. Can you imagine? Yeah, it's just like uh, the Mario Brothers Super Show with Captain Lou Albano. Instead of him, it's Dolph Lundgren doing <laughs> like like swing your arms from side to side. <laughs> Come on, it's time. Let's go do the E Man. Except for somehow he's still Italian. I don't get it. What? That's what I wanted this movie to be. Uh, and I didn't get it, and I was a little disappointed. Well, I'm so glad you went into that accent, because I have one more person on my list. I really want to talk about Detective Lubick. Yes. Okay. And how he's in every 80s movie. Yeah, that, we were talking about the Back to the Future. Five-year yeah. five year period. He's in just, like, every movie, and he plays the same character. You're like, you are typecast. But, he's, he's he's great. He has yeah, the, he has yeah, the great good. like bald headed uh, principal cop guy. He was just fantastic. So he was always suspicious of the teens. And what are you up to with this cosmic key, making all these henchmen come here? Listen, we got vandalism, arson. We got a lot of bad stuff going on around here, kid. What do you know about it? And there were lots of things that Kevin did that would get you arrested or fired upon. <laughs> and uh, he was like, "You kids, you're up to something." I'm even confused as to why he agreed to leave the scene of the crime in the first place because he and Kevin meet up when uh, the henchmen have first breached a portal in in the school gymnasium and there's like arson and there's, you know, an injured janitor getting loaded up into the ambulance and he's like, I'm going to be on this scene all night so I'll go with you, Kevin, and go find your girlfriend. Like, what? Wait, what? You can do whatever you want to. <laughs> why are you just leaving? Like, don't you need to stand here and take notes? I was like, well, yeah, your investigation's going to take all night because you're not doing it. And I just thought that was kind of funny. It's like, Wait, we, did, we did not need to do did that. Did he go to the music shop with him? He did go to the music shop with him. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, he's like, come ask my friend about it. He knows. He knows I was in here asking about the cosmic key. So, uh, you know, at the end, at the end of the movie, he, he, uh, the, the, the good guys teleport into Castle Grayskull and have a big showdown with Skeletor, and He-Man fights Skeletor and knocks Skeletor into a, a bottomless pit, and uh, the sorceress is saved, and then when they do their um, wrap-up, uh, they're talking about what their next plans are, and uh, Julie and Kevin are going to uh, go back home, um, 
And uh, but Lubick says he's going to stay in Eternia, and somehow he got him a foxy Vanna White babe yeah, on he his sure arm. Did. And then, like one day, it was hilarious. I got a castle, I got a view, I got clean air, I got a beautiful woman, huh? Some kind of retirement, huh? And then he was talking about about how awesome she was, about how awesome his life was, and then the sorceress has to talk. And I just kept thinking how hilarious it was that the sorceress had to wait for Detective Lubbock <laughs> to say all that garbage. He's like, okay, now I will speak. <laughs> Thank you, Detective Lubbock. <laughs> she's been like tortured cosmically for like hours and days and days. And then she's like, yes, all right. This place is out of this world. So, all right, anyway. <laughs> More important things going on. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Good for him, though. I mean... Yeah, living the dream, right? He was yeah. hilarious. He wasn't I, I gonna get him. shot one day before retirement. No, <laughs> no. he's gonna uh-huh. he's gonna retire on another planet. Um, only other important plot things I, I think to mention are that Julie and Kevin go back a little bit in time before her parents die, and then uh, she and Kevin meet up in the suburban cul-de-sac outside, and. Um, and realize that they remember everything that happened. And then they pull out these uh, matching little uh, trinkets from Eternia to show each other to prove that they both remember. But when you look closely at one, it's He-Man holding his sword up saying, I have the power, like it's a He-Man snow globe that they gave them (laughs) to go back home. They had a lot of He-Man merchandise just on the shelves. We got these all around. Uh, That was ridiculous. And I have to, like, like... Orphan wish fulfillment as a half orphan myself when I was a kid. I like I would have just called bullshit on that anyway. I'd be like, okay, well that's great for you, Julie. Yeah. Some of us have dead parents and they're staying dead, Julie. We didn't get to go to space. Okay, thanks, Julie. <laughs> but then also, like it's fine and it's cute and obviously I guess they needed to address that if they're like, well, couldn't the cosmic key make them go back in time before our parents were dead? And what? Okay, fine. But like seriously. Why she didn't did ask you, for it, though, did she? She decided the last minute, because he just, Wildor was just kind of threw it in there, right? He was mm-hmm. like, I can put you at any time on Earth. Like, oh, wait a minute. Because uh, she first was just like, no, just send me back home. But yeah. then she had like a second to think about it. And she's like, no, wait, send me back home before my parents are dying. But did they do it? And he did. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I'm like, whatever, Julie. Because I never like when, uh, like, the return to the idyllic homestead. I'm always in favor of branching out and starting life anew. Like, I'm totally with uh, Lubick on this one. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, let's go have an awesome future on Eternia. Why do you want to live in your same stupid town? Yeah. I, I just had a question. So if you were a teenager, probably about 18 at the time in the 1980s, would you be wearing a full-on nightgown? Yes. <laughs> to to bed and then wake up. I did notice that her nightgown I was, was like, very why big. Why is she wearing a nightgown? Just like put her in like slumber clothes or something. I don't know. It was very frumpy. Granny yeah. gowns were kind of a thing in the eighties, but like, dang, like what time of year like is a, this? Like a big shirt, like a giant t-shirt. Like it's like it was like a giant t-shirt. It wasn't like. Yeah, we, we the did 1950s have a better frumpy thing. We did have better pajama technology in the eighties. We sure did. I don't know. I was just I was just that it was, was just funny. it was hilariously off putting. It's like that is a big <laughs> nightgown she's wearing. <laughs> and I, Kevin's like, Ooh, baby, put on that beautiful nightgown and we'll go kiss in my car. That did not happen. <laughs> the, the wave of 
you know, the, the Masters of the Universe, and then plus all the other 80s movies. Like, and then, like you're saying, like, it felt like a, almost like a horror movie at some points, you know, like that type of feel. And then it also felt like, you know, Star Wars. It's, it's like they were all trying to just, like, cobble together this, like, you know, sci-fi. I mean, I've, I've seen some other sci-fi, like, B-movies and stuff like that from the late 80s. And it's just, it just, this has that, that general feel, I guess. It was very 80s pastiche. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There, there was a lot going on in the movie. That said, I did find it pretty likable. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, my eternal aggravation with never getting to see Kevin's band, which I wanted to see and make fun of. Because another one of my favorite things in movies is like when people <laughs> play instruments, pretend, and they don't do it right. I love that. <laughs> I love that. You know if they would have had a scene of Kevin's band, that would have looked crazy wrong. I do love that. And I'm, I'm sad that I'm deprived of that. And then also... Another thing I love is when they have to write a hit rockin' song for the film, and it has to be believable. Like, this is a song that everyone would rock out to, but really they just have to come up with something from scratch, and it's not very good. I also love that. <laughs> I'm sorry I missed it. <laughs> All right, well, I do have... We d- did mention that I, most people are familiar a little bit with the production history of the, of the movie, but I pulled out a few pieces of trivia that I think make... Uh, make the movie more enjoyable that I want to talk about, if that's okay. Let's before before we do ratings. I hope it's about well, Kevin's I, band. I mean, if it's going to make it more enjoyable. What's sure. Kevin's band's I mean, what, name? I mean, if it's 9 out of 10 already, I mean, if you make it more enjoyable, it's just 10 out of 10. Well, uh, since you are talking about Kevin, I do want to let you know that there was an unfilmed scene where Kevin plays the cosmic key and pizza and cups start floating in the air. And then when they crash down, he says, Radical. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay, that's the reaction I was looking oh. for. Okay, um, due to dim contact lenses, the guy who played Sawrod had to do his action scenes blind. Okay, yeah, oh, that was hard. Is this trivia? Are we supposed to guess? No, this is oh, okay, this, this okay. happened. Okay. 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 I'm just giving you some information. Oh, okay, okay, also, right. Beast Man's teeth were so large that he couldn't close his mouth, so his chest would chest piece would get heavy and sodden between takes. Oh, because he was just oh, drooling, he's all drooling all the time. Yes, yeah, too much drool. That's awesome. Yeah, that is Man. awesome. Okay, these are these. Are, they, they have a couple more just a, uh, kind of meteor. Frank Langella didn't hesitate to take the skeletal role because his kid was always running around the house yelling, "I have the power." And the Sawrod actor said that Frank Langella was a joy to work with. We'd check on him to see if he was okay in his costume all the time. Aww. So, so he's so he's a good dude. He really liked it. That's very sweet. <laughs> okay. That's good trivia. I wanted you to know that casting and scripting had started for Masters of the Universe 2, which would have included She-Ra and Trapjaw. Also, He-Man would return to Earth... Together at last. <laughs> also, Long lost couple. He-Man would return to Earth in disguise as a professional quarterback. Uh, <laughs> yes. No! That's yes. like straight... Isn't it like Flash Gordon? Wasn't it is Flash... Player? It is very Flash Gordon. Uh, uh, Dolph asked for too much money, and so they decided <laughs> to replace him with a pro surfer for the movie. <laughs> okay, so here's the rest of that story. So Canon Films is- I just imagine some California accent. He <laughs> goes from like Russian to California. Hey man. Good the power, man. Hey, a skeletal. Yeah. We could share with Skeletor. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good vibes here. Man. Oh no, I just not really in the negativity on stuff. He could have been a Prince Adam. 
Could have been. So coming. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> coming off of the. Uh, to get Dolph running cheaper, <laughs> half the movie. Right. <laughs> it's like they, they have Prince Adam as a California guy, and pay him nothing. <laughs> and then, you want to be in a movie? Win a contest. <laughs> Give me a pay. Sure, whatever. Okay. Yeah, man. It's My name's man. Adam. Yeah. <laughs> I got muscles. <laughs> <laughs> I wear pink shit. They're like, you got to bring your own surfboard. Cool. <laughs> I got a bunch. Uh, I got a tiger too. <laughs> so, uh, Canon Films was just coming off of like an underwhelming Superman four, and they made some bad. In- Which one was that? They I'm made just some. Kidding. They some. That was the. Uh, that was the one with uh, Nuclear Man with Dolph in it. <laughs> oh, okay. I was just, I was just so, kidding. and they also made some bad investments in junk bonds, so they were having problems. What, do movie makers just invest in junk? I guess in the 80s, everybody just did coke and buy junk I bonds. guess. So they were struggling. And, <laughs> yes. And, and Masters 2 got scrapped. But elements of that film and the Spider-Man film they were making at the same time were cannibalized to make a new film called Cyborg, which starred Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay. Well, so and they used wait, the same, what? Are they, you they the same um, gymnasium from the uh, first movie, I think, for like some of the scenes and everything. Uh, so they tried to save money by combining sets and film to them at the same time. And they were like, we'll just put them in Cyborg because it got shut down. So anyway. Okay. And finally, um, to end on a positive note, Dolph has descri- described the five-month filming schedule as a nightmare for <laughs> this movie. But he said a few years ago that he'd be willing to reprise his role as He-Man or appear as a cameo in a new He-Man movie. Oh! So he still has good He-Man feelings. That is nice. And he asked for more money. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, let's do rate the episode, the movie. Are we doing trivia or was that just That was the trivia. That was the trivia. Are we doing it out of Five? What's I think we should do it after five, yes, to be consistent. And also, that's how I coded it on the website, so that we have to do it out of five. Yeah, that sounds fine. I mean, you could me. do it out of other things, but he would dumb it down to five. Yeah, I, there was. A, is this a, is this like we're comparing it to other He-Man episodes, or we're comparing it to all movies that I've ever watched before? Yeah. <laughs> like, like point what? three. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> like, uh, I think I think the criteria well, is no, the Godfather is how good you. Feel felt about it not how good of a film it was how good i felt about it Mm-mm. you you can just you can say a couple words beforehand about how you rate how you thought about rating it i'm just that I'm, I'm thinking about about a 3.8 3.7 uh-huh. or so i'm surprised you went that high but i would agree with that i had generally good feelings about it and then a lot of them were my own imagining Karg being in a band and everyone being in a band and so forth but there was a lot of stuff to like about this film you know like it's 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 hard not to enjoy it i even enjoyed the long drawn out sort of sexually charged uh torture scene between skeletor and he-man what yeah he's trying to it's get unavoidable to, to think about it it was yeah. it got kind of sexy i'm not even gonna lie it was weird <laughs> i was like this is like why is he so intent on he like you must admit to me he-man like okay well this is a little weird he's, he's wearing hot the, shorts we talk, we're talking about the wimp with the whippings? yes when he was getting when oh, he was okay. getting whipped because he wouldn't bow before skeletor <laughs> okay, right. like okay guys tone it down a notch. Okay. <laughs> there's people here. standing here 
The sorceress is standing there. She's got to be killing the vibe somehow. She did look away. I got to say also, and that is even... Who's the old lady? Right? Like, that's even despite the fact that I feel like sorceress, like, I felt so bad for her, too, because she was just like... She had nothing really to work with. She's literally in a cage the whole time. They didn't give her a good costume. What was the mm-hmm. thing on her head? She was the one I said it was somebody's mammal. I said, who's mammal? I think I was talking okay. about sorceress. Okay. Bless her heart. 3.7. 3.7. Cronuts. Yeah, I um you know, I I uh, loved this this movie when I was a, I was a kid, and there were lots of things I didn't know to appreciate that I am seeing now. And Gwildor is a lot funnier to me, and the detective was hysterical. There was a uh, there was a, a ton that was very bad though, and um, <laughs> it, the, J- Julie and and Kevin were super 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 weak, and I wanted to see more He Man, but it, I I did have a lot of good feelings about it. It was fun because it was wild, you know. I'm gonna go with the same thing. I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go three point eight chromons. Okay. After hearing your guys' scores, I felt, <laughs> I felt like I might have, I might have been thinking a little bit low in my head. I, I don't. Well. It's just. I guess. I guess. I. 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 I did like some parts of it. Yeah. Like. Like Will was saying. I. I got to enjoy it a little bit more as older and watching the series and everything else. And the series was kind of bonkers sometimes, anyways. And they try to make it. I think they went too sci-fi. Uh-huh. And it wasn't like it wasn't fantasy. Yeah, with the with the laser guns and everything else. Like I'm like I I get it. They they have that in there, but it wasn't like the main. Like I don't see He Man is holding a gun. Yeah, that like, was like off-putting. just just stop picking up the freaking gun and use your sword and deflect it like every other Jedi or whatever else. Uh-huh. You know, like that sort of thing. Like so, I don't know. Of three point two, I would say, but uh, yeah, there's yeah. Room for improvement. (laughs) (laughs) Take a note, Dolph. Okay, so that is uh, part one of our um, last He-Man and uh, She-Ra review show. and but in the second part, we're going to talk more about the He-Man and She-Ra series overall, and about our podcast, and about what we have planned next. But we're going to break this up into um, two parts, so it's a little more digestible. So you can go ahead and um, look for this um, second part in the uh, in your um, podcast feed this week. It'll be right right behind this one. So we will see you when you press the button or wait for the next one to start. Turn tape over now. Good journey. Good journeys. It looked as if he was punching the keys at random. There's no way of telling where they might have gone. Monitor the frequencies! 